Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you've had a good morning so far. I always like to start off by just kind of warning everybody that I am not the greatest public speaker ever. So if my voice starts trembling or I start shaking or, you know, if I pass out or something, just, just give me a moment. I'll get right back to it and we'll go on as if it never happened. It'll all be okay. We'll get through it. But for real, thank you guys for allowing me here this morning just to share my heart with you guys and just let you know a little bit of what's going on in Japan right now. We'll start off. Do you all want me to tell you when to change the slides? Yes, yes, okay, so next slide. <laughs> so before I get started, I just kind of want to introduce myself to you guys. Um, like Pastor Darrell said, my name is Abby Walker. I am 25 years old and I'm from Little Washington, North Carolina. My parents are Darren and Melinda Walker. My dad's the pastor at First Real Baptist Church and my mom is a nurse and she teaches at East Carolina University College of Nursing. I have a younger sister. Her name is Cindy and she is a senior at Welch College in Nashville, Tennessee this year. I have to mention him. I have a dog. His name is Moose and I love him so much. He's two years old. Actually, fun fact, we share the same birthday. I did not know that when I got him, so we both recently had a birthday. That just made me happy and he got ice cream. <laughs> Um, I went to college at Welch College and I graduated from there in 2017 with my associate's degree and then I went on to Cumberland University and I graduated with my bachelor's of science in nursing so I've also been working as a nurse for the past two years. Um, at the beginning of July I kind of had to quit my job at the hospital just so I could focus on this what God has called me to do right now so I have enjoyed um, you know starting off nursing career during a pandemic that was fun so um but I've enjoyed the past two years. So usually when I tell people that I've been a nurse, I get the question of, are you gonna get to work as a nurse while you're in Japan? No, not, not really. I, I don't really understand the language. So if I were to try to work at a hospital or something like that, I would have no idea what anybody is saying to me. I wouldn't be able to communicate anything. So the safest plan is to not try to work in a hospital or anything. Now. There's like some international schools that might be looking for a school nurse, so I would love to look into that. That would be really cool. But for right now, it's not really in the plan. So that's usually met with the question of, okay, then why did you go to school for four years just to only work as a nurse for two years to now go to a country where you're more than likely not gonna get to practice? Well, that's a very good question because I've asked myself that question many, many times before. And the best answer that I could come up with is that God likes to throw a wrench in your plans sometimes. The plans that you think you have going for you, sometimes he just likes to completely turn that around and go a different direction. Now, I've always known that I wanted to be a nurse growing up. Never saw myself as a missionary. I thought maybe I would help by giving to missionaries or by um, going on some short-term mission trips. But, you know... Being a missionary, living long-term out in a different country, no, that wasn't for me. I'm not going to do that. Well, it wasn't until my senior year of nursing that I felt this calling to go to Japan. I had no idea why. I had never had anything to do with any countries from Asia, was never into like the anime stuff or anything like that. But for some reason, I just felt this calling to go to Japan. And I tried to push that back a little bit, saying, I can, I got to focus on my nursing career right now. I got to graduate nursing school. Maybe I can go for a short-term trip a little bit later after I get everything settled. Well, that desire to go to Japan never left my heart. So then I heard about the college missions program and how they send out different teams to different countries every summer. Japan was one of those, so I decided to apply just to see what would happen. Well, I got in. 
So now I'm in my last semester of nursing school, and not only do I have to try not to fail out of nursing school, but I've also got to raise $5,000 to go on this mission trip. So that was about the time that I was started doubting God. I was freaking out because I was about to fail out of nursing school, and I was thinking, oh, I, I read this completely wrong. This wasn't right. I wasn't supposed to do this yet. I just completely messed this whole thing up. And that's when God was like, look, you just have to have some faith. Trust in me. I got you through this whole process. Well, I ended up raising all the funds I needed in like two months. And then a couple of months later, I graduated nursing school just fine. So God was saying, look, just trust in me. I'm walking with you through this whole process. We'll get through this together. Just have some faith. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, God. I worry a lot. That's my thing. I'll try not to do that again. I'll, I'm sorry. <laughs> So a few weeks later, after I graduated, I went to Japan for six weeks, and while I was there, I could see just how lost and how hurt hurting these people were, how in need of the gospel they were. And at the end of those six weeks, I had no desire to want to go back to America at all, and that desire to go back to Japan never left. And so I feel that whole thing was God saying, I needed you to go on the short-term trip so that you can actually see in person just how lost and hopeless these people were without me. I need you to go on that short-term trip so eventually I can send you back for a longer term so that you can tell them about the hope and the love and the joy that can only be found through me. And so that's where I'm at right now, currently in the process of getting back to Japan, and so I'm excited to see where this journey will take me. A couple of points that will hit along during this um, presentation is why Japan? What is it about Japan that's making me want to go back? What's the plan? How are we going to reach these people? And then the big question, what can you do? How can you be a part of this ministry? Next slide. Well, usually I get the question of why Japan? Japan's not typically the country that you would see a lot of missionaries go to. It's not a third world country. They don't need help building any buildings. They have plenty of fresh, clean drinking water. They are very technologically advanced, so they should have really easy access to see the gospel and learn from that, right? Well, actually, Japan is the second most unreached country in the world. With less than 1%, it's actually only about 0.3% being evangelical Christian. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that I could go up to a Japanese person while I was there and ask them in both Japanese and in English and ask them, hey, do you know who God is? And they'll just look at me and be like, no, I don't, I don't think I've ever met them before. Are they a friend of yours? Do they live with you? Are they a neighbor? And that just blew my mind because they had no idea who I was talking about. They've never even heard of the name of God before. And majority of Americans have heard about the name of God before. Now, a lot of Americans, they may, might have some warped idea of who God is or their idea of God is completely untrue, but they've at least heard of the name of God before. In Japan, they've never even heard of the name. And that just breaks my heart for them because God has done so much for you and me. I want to let them know what he can do and what he has done for them. So that brings me to the story about these two ladies that you see on the screen. I was able to meet them during one of our ministry outreaches. And somehow I was able to form a really good relationship with them to where they came up to me and my friend after. I'm like, hey, we want to kind of show you around Japan a little bit, take you out, introduce you to our culture, and show you some different Japanese foods every week. Like, yes, of course, I love trying new foods. Let's go ahead and do this. This is awesome. So they took us out to different restaurants every week, and we just started to build a really good relationship with them. They were taking English, English classes, so they wanted to practice their English with us. And I hope I did an okay job because sometimes I have trouble speaking English as well, so I hope that I didn't just completely throw them off. But, you know, they knew that we were Christians. They knew that we were helping out at a church. 
But we didn't want to just completely throw that in the mix right away. We didn't want to scare them off. We didn't want them to think that the only reason why we were meeting with them is because we wanted to convert them to our religion, that they have to believe what we believe, that we didn't actually care about them, because that's not true. We want to form a relationship with them and show them the love of Christ through that relationship, and through that, then we could start telling them about the gospel. So we wanted to wait a little bit before we started that. But from our very first meeting, one of the ladies turns and looks at me and she said, so Abby, I know that you're a Christian, but what exactly does that mean and who exactly is God? And boy, I just got so excited because the door had been open right away for us to be able to tell them about who my God is and about our faith. And we never brought up these conversations. Every week they started these conversations by asking different questions. And each week these conversations got deeper and deeper and deeper until the last week, the questions started getting a little bit more theological and a little bit more difficult for me to answer. <laughs> it was kind of really difficult. Like, one of the questions was, so Abby, you told us about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit helps us know right from wrong. Well, I already feel bad when I do something bad, so that must mean I have the Holy Spirit in me right now, right? No, but the Holy Spirit works in different ways. Trying to explain that to them when there's still that big language barrier there was really difficult. So hopefully I did okay with that. But that also opened the door for me to be able to tell them about the gospel, how you received the Holy Spirit by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, how Jesus came down to earth, lived life as a sinless and perfect man. He died on the cross for our sins so that one day when we die, we can go live with him for eternity up in heaven. So I was so excited that we had finally gotten to that point, but I could also tell that, you know, there was somebody else who wasn't excited that we were talking about this stuff. Now in Japan, everything is very prim and proper. Everything is very well organized. Kids are usually extremely very well behaved, but I'm not kidding. As soon as we started talking about the gospel, everything that could go wrong went wrong. There was an alarm in the kitchen that started going off extremely loudly. Not one, but two kids in our general area started screaming and crying at the top of their lungs. A waiter walked by, and as soon as he got by our table, he dropped a glass plate, and it shattered everywhere. And all of this stuff started happening as soon as we started telling them about the gospel. And in my head, I was thinking, oh no, because they're, they're not going to pay attention to what we're trying to tell them. They're going to get distracted by all this other stuff that's going on, so they're not going to fully grasp the, the importance of what we're trying to tell them. But God had his hand on the whole situation the whole time. Their eyes never left us. They were listening very intently. They were asking questions based off of what we were saying. So I was so excited that we were actually getting to do this because this is why God wanted me to go to Japan in the first place, so I could meet these ladies and tell them about the gospel. But then at the end of our meeting, I looked at my friend and I was like, you know, this is, this is the last time that I'm going to get to talk with these ladies because we have to go home here in a few days. So I tried to talk with them, and I was like, hey, there's this church that you can go to. There's missionaries or the pastor. I know they would love to meet with you and continue to talk with you about this stuff. But they, they weren't comfortable with doing that because they don't want to talk about these things with people that they don't know. So they still haven't been to church since we left. And as far as I know, they still haven't really looked more into Christianity at all since we left as well. Now, I have been trying to keep in touch with them as much as I could, and so I told them, hey, I'm hopefully going to be in Japan by December of this year. And they're like, oh, yes, that's exciting. When you get here, we're going to take you back out to Rama and continue these conversations. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. Let's go do that. And so that's the whole reason why I want to go back to Japan, because I want to meet with these ladies again to continue to grow that seed that's already been planted in their life. 
but I already know that there's so many more Japanese people that are just like these two ladies who have never heard about God before, but they're hungry and they're ready to learn. They just need somebody to go over there and go tell them about it. So that's the main reason why I'm going. Next slide. So there are a couple of other reasons why Japan really, really needs the gospel. Now, Christianity is a very Western religion. The two main religions over there are Buddhism and Shintoism. So basically they believe that when you die, when a family member dies, they become a spirit, their ancestors that they pray to. Now I have seen these things like on television and movies, I've heard about them from other missionaries, but actually experiencing this and seeing how people worship in person is a whole nother, bleh, see I told you I'm struggle with English as well, is a whole nother ball game. Now, in order for your ancestors to answer your prayers, you have to please them. You have to make them happy. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, there's this big trough in the middle of the temple that they can go and they can throw as much money as they can into the trough. And hopefully through this, they can make their ancestors happy. They can go buy these really expensive items and give those to the temple. And hopefully through that, they can please their ancestors and maybe they'll answer their prayers. Now, their ancestors might be asleep or just straight up ignoring them. So how are they going to get their attention? Well, they can go to the middle of the temple and start clapping over and over again, trying to get their attention. There's this big bell in the middle with some rope hanging from it, and they'll ring that bell over and over again, trying to wake them up, trying to say, hey, I have something I want you to answer. Can you please listen to me? Um, I don't know if you can tell in the middle picture, there's some string hanging up right outside the temple that they can write down their prayer request, hang it up on the string, and hopefully their ancestor will come down, pick up their prayer request, take it back up with them, and that's yet another shot at them getting their prayers answered. And so when I actually saw this in person, it broke my heart for them. And as we were leaving the temple, I could hear in the background someone was ringing the bell over and over again. And I knew exactly what that meant. Somebody felt like they weren't being listened to. They wanted somebody to answer their prayers. And so I started crying as we were leaving, and I wanted to run back to them and tell them, hey, I know what you're trying to do, but I'm sorry, it's, it's in vain because these people you're trying to reach, they're dead. They're not going to be able to do anything for you. But I know of a God who's alive and well. He's with you wherever you are. You don't have to go to the temple to talk to him. You can talk to him from home or at work. You don't have to give him things to make him happy enough to want to listen to you. You don't have to try to wake him up. He's never ignoring you. He's with you wherever you go. Let me tell you about this awesome God. But again, like I said before, Christianity is a very Western religion. So the Japanese people have this kind of group think. So whatever they do has to be pleasing to the group, whether that be their work, their friends, or their family. They can't do anything that's going to single themselves out, that's going to shine the spotlight on them. That's against Japanese tradition. Because if they do anything like that, that can bring shame and dishonor, not only on themselves, but on their entire group. And in Japan, that is one of the worst things that you can do. And that brings me to one of the worst problems that Japan faces right now, which is depression and suicide. Now, to kind of give you an idea of how bad it is over there, we all know how badly COVID-19 affected the entire world last year and how it continues to affect everybody today. How many people died from it? Well, just last year in Japan, more people died from suicide than they did from COVID-19. And that just breaks my heart for them because it's also become such a normal thing for them over there. Here in America, especially 
if it happens in a public place, they'll, they might shut that place down for a little bit. People will mourn over the person who did it for a while because it's such a tragic thing that happened. In Japan, they might shut the place down for 20 minutes so that they can clean everything up and then everything is up and running again and everybody goes on about their lives as if nothing ever happened. Because it happens so often over there. Kids, if they fail a test, they don't want to bring that shame back to their family, so they'll commit suicide. Someone gets laid off from work, they don't want to bring that dishonor back, they'll go commit suicide. And that just breaks my heart for them. And again, I want to tell them, hey, I know, I know what you're going through, I know you feel like you've messed up, but there's a God who loves you as, so much. He'll forgive you for anything that you do wrong. If, you decide to do, if they decide to do something against their family, their family can, can kick them out of their family. So if their family does do that, We'll welcome you in with wide open arms. You can join our family. It's okay. And God loves you. He accepts you for who you are. Let me tell you about this awesome, loving God. And I know I've told you so many reasons why I want to go back to Japan, but I just really want you to try to grasp how important it is that the gospel gets over to these people because there's just so much stuff going on over there. So these are the really big reasons why I'm trying to get back to Japan as soon as I can. Next slide. So now... What's the plan? How are we trying to get the gospel to these people? Well, I'll be joining a team that's already over there. It's this little city called Tokorozawa, which is in it's a little district in Tokyo. And so the church is called Hope Alive, and they've already done such an amazing job at reaching the Japanese people. They have many Japanese people attend faithfully every Sunday. That doesn't mean that they're Christians. It just means that they found somebody that they can fellowship with, that they enjoy going to and talking with. Last year they had 11 baptisms, which is a huge deal for a Japanese person to publicly proclaim their faith. So I was so excited when I heard that. And now Hope Alive is a little bit unique in the fact that we preach in both Japanese and in English because the Japanese people like to practice their English. So this is kind of a way to entice them to come in because not only do they get to practice their English, but they also get to hear the gospel preached in their own language. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. We have these really unique ministry outreaches that are designed to pinpoint the different interests of different types of people. So for example, we have our English parties for anybody who wants to practice their English with the Americans. We have music meetup for anybody who plays an instrument, sings songs, or just likes like music in general. We have tinker time for anybody who enjoys technology. Like last time I was there, there was like this big machine that we had at the church that was it like 4D prints whatever you have on the computer and prints it right here in front of you. It was really cool. I've never seen one of those things before, but that was awesome. So we have one of those things for anybody interested with technology. We just have so many things to pinpoint the different interests of different types of people so that they can step foot in the church for the first time. We can start forming relationships with these people and hopefully through these relationships, we can get them to start coming to church. And the major goal is get them to come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior because that is the ultimate goal. And so I'm very excited to be able to join this team because they've already done such an amazing job. Next slide. So what am I going to be doing? What am I going to be bringing to the group? Well, other than help out with the ministry outreaches that they already have right now, I'll be trying to reach a kind of different population. So the missionaries that are already over there right now, they're all a little bit older than I am. They're all married and they all have kids. And so it's harder for them to relate to and get to know the younger population. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be trying to reach the high schoolers, the young adults, the college-age students, 
by taking them out to lunch, by starting different Bible studies, by doing small groups, anything I can to start forming relationships with this population. So that hopefully I could get them to start coming to church and eventually get them comfortable enough to keep going to church, even if I'm not there. And again, hopefully come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. I know that's kind of a broad idea of what I'll be doing. I won't really be able to tell you the details until I actually get there and start this new ministry, but that's kind of the idea of what I'll be doing. Next slide. So now a big question is, what can you do? First off, definitely need some prayer. You can never have too much prayer, so I would greatly appreciate it. I have a couple of things I would like for you to keep in mind. First off, I would like to be in Japan by the end of December of this year, so I would like to be fully funded by the end of October. Now, let me tell you, when I saw how much money I had to raise, I was like, that's a lot of money. Don't know if I can do that. But we're getting closer. I think on the track that I'm going right now, I could be fully funded by October. But who's to say that we can only pray the small or the realistic prayers? We serve a really big God who's bigger than any prayer that we can think of. He can answer the big prayers too. So that's one thing that I would love for you to pray for that I can be fully funded by October. And hopefully I can get to Japan in December. Second thing, that if this doesn't happen, that would kind of mess up the whole first prayer. Japan's borders are still closed. <laughs> so um, you thought that we were handling the pandemic poorly, where Japan's not doing much better over there either. But they're starting to do better. They were in a state of emergency, and they stopped that, I think, maybe last week. And so they're starting to open the border to different countries at a time. The U.S. is not one of those countries yet, but I think they're just kind of trying out different countries to see how it goes. So hopefully they'll feel like they can open the country up to the U.S. here soon. So hopefully as soon as I'm fully funded, I can go. That would be awesome if as soon as I am, God's like, yes, there you go. Time to go. That would be awesome. So just pray that one, the Japanese people will be safe during this whole pandemic. And also that he'll give the leaders wisdom on how to handle the pandemic properly. So that hopefully they'll open the border soon if they feel like it's safe enough. So those are just a couple of things I would love for you to pray for. If you can keep that in the back of your mind, that would be awesome. So now the big thing that I know everybody's looking forward to, I am still looking for monthly financial partnerships. Now, God has called us all as Christians to fulfill the Great Commission. God wants us all to go out into the ends of the earth and tell everybody the good news until every ear has heard. But that looks different for everybody. Not everybody is called to do the exact same thing. God has called some people, like myself and other missionaries, to go out to different countries and spread the gospel that way. God has called some people to stay in the United States and plant churches in the United States, and that's how they're spreading the gospel. God has called some other people to stay where they're at and spread the good news to people in their family, to people in their neighborhood, at work, at school, and in that way, we're all missionaries in different ways. You don't have to go to a different country to be a missionary. You are a missionary just by sharing the gospel with the people around you. But people who have to go out to different countries cannot get to their different countries without people like you who are willing to help financially. Now, I don't want you to think that just by giving money, that that's it, that's the end of it. This girl's going to go to have the time of her life in a different country, and I'm just going to be here, and that's the last I hear about it. Because that's not it at all. We can't get to Japan without people like you. So that means the people in Japan will be able to hear the gospel for the very first time because of people like you who want to partner with me in this ministry. I want you to be the reason why my two friends will finally come to know who Christ is. Because of people like you who want to partner with me financially. 
And so last I heard, I'm about 79% funded. So that means I only need about $1,500 coming in monthly. So I'm still looking for about 15 to 16 people who want to partner with me at $100 a month. If you can't do 100, 75, 50, 25, 10 still works too. Anything works, whatever you feel called to do, whatever you can do, that'd be awesome. Now, one-time gifts are great. They're amazing. They're awesome. I love them. I will love you for them. They're going to get me to Japan. But one thing they are not going to do is help me stay in Japan because eventually those one-time gifts run out. And when that happens, I'll have to leave Japan, come back to America, and start this whole fundraising process over. And that just takes away precious time for me being able to tell the people over there about the gospel. So monthly partnerships are a big thing. They help me get over there faster. But if you financially cannot do that, that is okay. One-time gifts to work, and you are still a part of this ministry. You're still helping to take the gospel over to Japan. So I don't want you to feel bad if you can't do it. So now I know now some people might be thinking, yes. I want to help you take the gospel to Japan. I want to help these people learn who you are. How can I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. I have a couple of ways that you can partner with me if you would like to today. One of the easiest ways and fastest ways you could do it. Um, my, um, my organization, International Missions, has come up with um, one of the easiest ways, which is through your phone. It's a text to give. So if you pulled out your phone and you text the word, I am missionaries, all one word, to the number 77977, It'll send you a link that says, thank you so much for wanting to do this, and here's this link. You click on the link, and it'll take you to that page that you see on the screen. You put on how much you would like to give, whether it be a one-time gift or a monthly gift. You can put when you want it taken out of your account, and it might have my name on there. I don't know. If not, you just scroll down until you find my name, and then you click on that. At least I would hope you click on my name. I would greatly appreciate it if you did. And then you click on the next and you fill out the rest of that information. And that's one of the quickest, easiest ways that you could partner with me. If you would like to do it that way, that would be awesome. But I do know that there are some people who do not trust the internet, who do not like to give their phone number out to anything, or people might still have you know, the flip phones that don't have any internet connection. But don't worry, I have another way for people like you who still want to give and partner. That would be awesome. So I don't know if everybody got one, but one of these commitment cards is another way that you could do it. So it's a little bit of a longer process, but it still works just the same. So at the top, you just fill out that information, your name, your address, your email address, and then there's some boxes that you could check off saying, yes, I would like to commit to pray for you. Yes, I want to receive your email update so I know what's going on. At the very bottom, there's one to check off says, I want to know more information about E-Team, which is for uh, teenagers who might want to go on mission trips to different countries or the college missions program. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you give that to me and I'll take that back to my organization so they can fill you in on all that. And then there's a box that you can check off in the middle saying, yes, I want to partner with her. And you write down how much, how much you would like, how much you would like to give and when you want it taken out of your account. And then there's a couple of ways we could go about doing this. So either if you want to do it today and you fill it all out today, either you can fill this out then fill out a voided check and then give that to me and that would just have you done right now and we'll be done and over with and that's quickly be done. See, I told you I'm struggling with English right now. My words are not coming out how I want them to come out. So if you give me a voided check and this thing, then we're done. Everything's good to go. I have you in the system. I know you're giving it to me. But if you need to take some time to pray about it and you don't know this is something that you want to commit to, but then you figure out later, like maybe next week or something, that yes, this is something I want to do, 
can fill this out. Either you can just fill just fill this out, or you can send a void a check, but you can mail this to my organization, which the address is at the very bottom of this black piece. So if you just want to mail it to them, you can do that as well. If you just mail the card or give me the card without a void a check, I will give that to my organization and they will get in contact with you either through email, they'll send you a link so you can do it online, or they'll send you an EFT card through the mail so that you just fill that out and then send that back to them again. So like I said, this is kind of a longer process, but it all works just the same. I might have confused you a little bit by talking through this, so if you need me to explain it a little bit later after the service, I could still do that. But again, these are just a couple of ways you can partner if you want to do that. Next slide. So I also would like for you to stay in touch. If, again, if you have any questions for me after the service, whether it be about Japan, the ministry going on there, if you are confused about the partnering process, or you know, if you just want to talk, we get to know each other and we become friends, we can do that too. I would love to do that after the service. But if you think about something that um, you need to know, another question while I'm not here, here's a couple of ways that you can get in contact with me. Here's my email address, awalker at iminc.org, so you can shoot me an email that way. That is my personal phone number, so if you want to send me a text message, you could do that too. If you want to call me, you can. I might not answer right away because let me tell you, I've been getting all of these messages of, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. I've been getting so many of those calls, so if I don't answer you right away, that's why. So if you leave a message, then I'll get back with you and then we can talk that way. I also have a group page on Facebook that I would love for you to follow. It's called Abby Walker in Japan. So I post where I'm at, my fundraising process, where I'm at in the country to go talk to different churches, what's going on in Japan right now, any prayer requests. And then when I get to Japan, I'll be posting different um, ministry updates so that you can feel like you know what's going on so you stay updated. So I would love for you to follow that group page. Also, if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, you could do that. I send that out monthly. So hopefully one should be coming out this week. So all you do is you give me your email address. I'll add you to the list. And this um, newsletter, just a little bit more in detail of what's been going on. Um, so if you want to do that, we can get you started with that as well. So that's, that's about all I got for you. I'm so, I still haven't figured out a good way to end this thing properly. So I'm so sorry for my unprofessionalism. But thank you so much for allowing me to be here this morning and just share my heart with you guys. And I'm looking forward to gaining some new, some new partners in this ministry. So thank you. Thank you.